Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WGR. the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Make no mistake where you are. I want to talk about hard times. Weather's terrible outside. Got a terrible iced coffee. I'm in a good mood, though. I'm in a very, very good mood, Corey. Good to see you, man. I didn't see you last week. Yeah, I'm alive. This is good. This is a good news. This good is start. good news. This is a great start. We are going to start, though, talking about the weather, obviously. We've got Brian Koziel. He's coming up here in just a few moments. We're going to talk to him. He's live over at Oak Hills in Rochester for the PGA Championship. Round three starting up today, or actually it's going on right now today. But welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Zach Jones, Corey Griswold hanging out with you today. And yeah, it's it, here in our Amherst studio driving in today. It I had not realized how little it had rained in like two or three weeks until I looked at my car yesterday and I had dust, I had bird poop all over, it, and I'm like, I got I got to get a car wash. I've got to do that. I've got to get that done. And I woke up this morning and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna save those twenty dollars. I'm just gonna let the rain take care of my car for me. It's we gonna, it's we are expecting well. Brian Cozy in a few moments. He is literally standing next to someone who's about to hit a golf ball at the PGA Championship. So once that takes place, well, yeah, that makes uh, sense. He will be able to call in and join that us. That makes a little sense. Bit. So I he hope is. he doesn't apologize for that because I would absolutely also hang up to be like, so, I got to see this. Yeah, guy. he's courtside at the PGA. So he's been there all week. Yeah, and I I didn't think I'd be as jealous as I am. I got to that point. I would probably say Thursday when the actual tournament started, where I was like, ah, I should have went down at least one of these days. Nope. I should have done it, and I'm really mad I didn't. But you know what? I yeah, I'm okay watching it. I would have hated standing in the rain though. I'm going to be honest with you, Corey. I went to that Baltimore game when the Bills played in Baltimore oh. when it was just a mess. Got and yourself I went, a nice case of ringworm. Oh baby! And then the year prior, I went to the Houston game when they were Oof. in Buffalo. 
And I'm like, I just can't go to live sporting events Could, outside. Couldn't mix in a Giants it. or Washington game in no, there? No, 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 no. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? I like to apparently just make my life so much harder by only picking the games where the heavens open up. That's and, it's, and it's just a mess. It's, Although it is... It, it kind of plays in, though, to the to the aspect of, of the live event, though, doesn't it? Like, if it's sunny, you, you never really remember the game. If it, if it's gorgeous out, sunny out, you're like, yeah, I was there. Cool. Everyone remembers when they were in negative 15-degree weather. That's Everyone true. remembers when they were in a monsoon because they're like, it was crazy. Yeah. thought I was going to die three times. It was it, awesome. But the, all the sunburns kind of bleed together in September at the Ralph. It's just like, you just, that's just... I don't know. I was drunk and I got sunburned. Well, the key I, can't, there, I don't even know who we were playing. Was the Jets? It was somebody. It was somebody. The key there is to not get sunburned, which is uh, my life's work is just never get sunburned. <laughs> Alcohol does not help in that affair. That's very true because you're just hanging out. It's, it's a the, mess right from the get-go. It's the anti-sunblock mm. is alcohol. Mostly because you forget to put the sunblock on. Oh, it... And you're like, my alcohol numbs the nerves on my body, so I don't feel pain as bad. Why is my skin turning red? Forgetting to put sunblock on is my favorite pastime. <laughs> That's right. It's, ama- it's, the, it's the craze that's sweeping the nation. Absolutely. Corey, though, real quick, before we do hear from Brian, what is your favorite pro, pro sport event or even just sport event you've ever been to live? Because I was kind of, hmm. I think this is where it started for me when I realized I just, I've never been somebody that has gone to a ton of live events. I've always watched them on TV. And now I'm like, I've got to really, I've got to start changing that. I've got to start going to these live events. Fa- my, it's tough to say favorite because a lot of them had emotional stakes. Oh yeah. Like I was, I was in the house for when Afeniganov scored against the Rangers to mm-hmm. win that game in overtime, that playoff game. Um, it depends. There's a couple of different ones. I gotta get Brian because Brian's on the line. Let's oh man, here we go. This is good. This is good. I just, I, I'm very excited, Brian. I heard you had to, I heard we had to wait because someone was teeing off. How'd that go? <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually walking to a spot safely where I could speak with you without distracting any golf. They've got you know areas around like concession areas or fenced off spots, and I'm literally about ten steps away. And then a player who had an errant tee shot was. Uh, right in front of me and they blocked it off so i'm like well i can't talk here because i'm literally like in arm's distance from where his ball is so i had to wait a little bit there so now i'm in a spot where i can talk totally understandable all good on the western hotline host of td green brian Koziel. brian how is the weather i i like about 10 minutes before we got on air i was starting to see on twitter that a lot of people were mentioning it was starting to come down in rochester how's it looking right now so i'm sitting right now i'm standing on the course Actually, so those that are, have been here, I've been on the fourth hole, the par five. Uh, a lot of umbrellas, Zach. Quite a bit of rain has come down over the last hour, hour and a half. Uh, it, it's steady. It'll stop for about a minute, and you're like, ooh, maybe this is going to stop, and then it starts back up today. Uh, for anybody maybe driving en route uh, or coming today, uh, definitely bring an umbrella, wear rain gear, uh, as far as I'm concerned, at this moment, the course seems to be handling it quite well. There's no puddling in the fairways or on the greens or anything. So they will play. Um, only two things could stop it. Thunder and lightning is one. And if the puddling on the greens and the fairways becomes so severe that it becomes almost unplayable, that would be another time where they would stop it. I don't think either scenario is going to happen. There is rain in the forecast, but nothing in terms of thunder or lightning that we've been told uh, by the PGA Tour meteorology team here this morning when we spoke with them. So I think that is going to be not an issue. And this it has been a relatively dry last two weeks. 
this course has, of course, a world-class drainage system, so um, nothing to worry about in terms of water building up. I would guess it would take another, like, heavy rain for, like, hours beyond hours here before at some point they would have to maybe think about suspending play. But I don't think we're anywhere uh, in that spot at this moment. The marquee groups aren't teeing off till around a little after 1, later into 2 o'clock. What did you see yesterday, though? Because the top of our leaderboard is a very close group after two rounds. What have you noticed the first two days? Well, we've seen the world number two, Scotty Scheffler, kind of climb to the top here. And, Zach, he's just playing really, really flawless golf. It is a golf course super hard, super tough conditions, even when it's been dry the first two days. And he's only made two total bogeys the entire time. In fact, he had no bogeys in his entire first round, didn't make a bogey yesterday until the seventh hole, and then he ended up bogeying uh, his final hole on 18. So I've been most impressed by Scheffler's consistency. I mean, no surprise. He's been one of the best players in the world this year so far. Uh, But he's done it a little bit more consistent than anybody else out here. The other guys that are around the, the top of the lead that are under par, they've also made their birdies, but they've also made some mistakes. Um, Scheffler has been a thing of consistency. I think with this rain here today, the course is going to play even longer because you won't be getting the roll out as much as you did uh, in the previous two days when the fairways were dry. Uh, so longer hitters, again, going to take an advantage, I think, overall. Plus, if you're staying out of the rough, not only is it super thick and penalizing, but now it's going to be wet. And that even does more tricks with the golf ball and the golf club. So keeping it in the fairway, to me, priority number one today, uh, playing in these tougher conditions. And what about Rory McIlroy? I know his first day, not too great. I think he got up even over three or three over par, but he ended yesterday. He's now even. What do you think of his chances, especially he's been a player driving well, iron game not too good over recent tournaments. What have you made of him so far? So, yeah, I think he's been, you're accurate with what he's been doing up until this tournament. But his first two days, he hasn't been happy with his driver. It's been pretty inaccurate, and he's been recovering pretty well. I think if he can be accurate off the tee, I don't see any reason why he can't make a good run at this. Uh, he got off to a bad start in round one on Thursday, then kind of finished strong. And then yesterday, pretty, pretty solid round overall. Uh, he's clearly capable of chasing down these guys here. I know, you know, Scheffler, Connors, Hovland, they've got, uh, a decent lead on him in terms of five strokes, but it's over two days. It's not one day. If it was one day, I would say I don't think I don't think all three players at five under par are all going to fall back. But it's over two days. I think you know if, if Rory even says, "Look, I just can I pick up two today, and then cut it, to, and then you know get it to th- three or less going into tomorrow." I think that gives him a golden opportunity. Uh, he's got to be more accurate off the tee though than he was the last two days. That got him in trouble quite a bit. The trees here, even though they've taken a lot down, they're still in play. They're strategic. The ones that were kept are definitely in strategical spots where it can provide a lot of trouble. Um, so if guys are errands off the tee, sometimes you're not able to even go with the green. You've got to go out sideways one way or the other. And I saw that a couple of times with McElroy. But I think today, even though there is rain and maybe the crowds will be a little smaller, I'm still impressed with what I'm seeing so far here today. I'm guessing McElroy's group will probably have one of the largest uh, contingents of gallery following him. He's been a real popular player here in Rochester. His wife grew up in Irondequoit, so fans have kind of adopted him as a hometown hero. Earlier this week, Josh Allen and Von Miller got out of the course during the practice round to meet up with him. So uh, McElroy, who's actually 
in terms of status here at Oak Hill, they, they call him an honorary member. So uh, he's got a little uh, clout within the clubhouse here. I'm sure they would love to see Rory make a charge and get himself a chance to win tomorrow. All right, Brian, we'll let you go. Get dry. Stay safe. We'll, we will talk to you later on in the show as well, just for much more of an update as the later groups will get going. But until then, enjoy yourself, enjoy the golf, and stay dry. Thanks, Zach. Again, anybody coming out today, you can bring umbrellas, wear rain gear. Uh, the spectating is a little easier because the crowds are a little less because of the rain. Uh, but you're going to have to look through umbrellas, so just be ready for that. But golf is continuing as of this moment. Zach, if we get any change in the weather that's changing actually golf being played, I will uh, be checking right back with you immediately as soon as we find out. Sounds good. Hear from you then. All right. Thanks, Zach. That was TD Green host Brian Cozy. We've been hearing from Brian all throughout the week. Me and Brian have been on lockstep doing updates together, calling each other last minute, be like, all right, we're going to do a 30-second spot here. It's been a lot of fun. I, I am in loving that we have a PGA championship here in Rochester so locally and I I'm I'm kind of with it like having bad weather I know for some people they may not like it but with how the tournament's going these past two rounds and how close it is I'm really really enjoying it well they moved the tournament to May Mm -hmm. so like and if they play the tournament anywhere in the Midwest or in the Northeast or in the Southeast odds are you're going to get rain in May oh yeah like so this isn't because it's being played in Rochester this is because it's being played in the month it's being played in I love it. I'm I'm such a I'm now seeing guys you know squeegeeing out the course right. trying to get water and puddles going. Yeah, I'm I'm liking it though. As Brian was also talking about the rough, I was watching. Uh, I think his name is Peters. Took oh a, yeah, took a hybrid out. It's tough and tried and tried to hit it, and I think <laughs> it went ten yards. Just, maybe he just saw a burst of moisture and it went ten yards, and that was it. And he immediately had to pull out an iron to just try to get out of it. And I'm like, this should be good. I mean, like this, but this is as he brought up with Roy McElroy, like just maybe make up two strokes today. Yeah, you need elevation to, to get out of that rough. Oh yeah, Abs- you can't try to smoke it over it and just try to get in distance. It's not happening. But, I mean, this is where it's going to be, you know, the rest of today, tomorrow. I am going to be glued into this really up until like. The hockey and basketball game start, which is fine because that's at eight thirty tonight or eight o'clock tonight. So like golf's going to be done for the day. Hockey, like, do, hockey doing it again, doing a thing again oh. where they're just going to have all their games after like twelve thirty on the East Coast. Let's let's talk about that real quick because it, it was a. It I was, should just watch rugby in Australia. Yeah, it was a week ago, but like, what was that about with the Edmonton Vegas game? Of like, it's the only game on Sunday. Let's have it at ten o'clock at night. Like, and I don't care that, like, baseball or apparently, like, a, a baseball game in May had to be played on Sunday Night Baseball. Then move it to any other channel. Like, what are we doing here? I enjoy so the bad. fact that the Cardinals suck. However, let's, <laughs> it should not trump the placement of the National Hockey League's playoffs. Um, and Especially when, like, your best player's playing. Yep. Turned out to be one of the last opportunities he had to watch that guy mm-hmm. in this round. Because, mm-hmm. mm, Cool. That's really cool. Just so bad. Spe- they used to play them in the afternoon. They did, yeah. Uh, well, that's, I've loved these weekend afternoon, and, and mainly for round one because we had like three or four games going on. But like when a game would start at like two o'clock, I'm like, oh, perfect, let's go. Like I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna kick back. I'm yeah. gonna go get lunch real quick. Bring it home. Crack a few alcoholic beverages and just and relax and enjoy myself. Now, like thankfully, like this is going on and it's close. I mean, like there's. To me, there's nothing worse to watch than a golf tournament where the guy in front has like a ten stroke lead and really hard. Yeah, like, like it, I don't think, I don't know. When whenever this tournament was leading up to this, no one was like people were saying like, watch out for the rough. It's it's U.S. Open level. Like mm-hmm. I heard that. Yep, that's what I was hearing too. Yep, but I was not expecting it to be like the scores will be like hard scores. I don't know if the winner will actually even have ten under. 
Yeah, it does, it's not it's not pacing out that way, especially with the weather today. Scheffler, as Brian was mentioning too, he's only had two bogeys so far this the entire tournament. He probably is going to have that maybe three today, even if he plays mm-hmm. the exact same way he's been playing the first two rounds. You're probably going into Wednesday three under par, four under pars is leading the way. I, to me, though, it's kind of the same thing. I th- I feel the same way with baseball. I am all about in baseball a pitcher's duel. Like if the game's zero zero, but both the starting pitchers have like ten strikeouts through yes. six innings, I'm all in for that. Like that to me is excitement. I love watching that. Golf's kind of the same thing where like every hole feels that extra level of importance of hey, if it's a par five and you have a shot to birdie here, you've got to nail it. If it's a short par three and if you hit it off the uh, hit off the tee correctly and you can birdie it, you've got to be able to get that. I like that. Just it adds that level of of intensity to me that I I can really get behind you. It, it, um, Scott Scheffler said it in his press conference after his round yesterday that like birdies are not impossible on this course. It requires two perfect shots to get it, but it's not impossible. I love that. Yeah, that's should, awesome. Yeah, major should be hard, man. Well, I, and that's my thing too. And this is coming from somebody that is atrocious at golf. So please bear with me when I say this. I would much re- when I, especially when I watch pro sports, I want to feel like I can't emulate them. As I've gotten older, I've gotten to a point where it's like I don't want to feel like or have like a realistic thought of. Dude, I could have done that. What are we doing here? <laughs> like the worst feeling I have is the when I'm closer the a sport gets game. to you, it's more of not a good thing. Yeah, that's how I feel. The worst thing I ever feel watching a football game is when a receiver drops a pass, and I instinctively and fully believe it in my heart of hearts. I could have made that catch. Yeah, absolutely could have. If, that if I ball. feel that way, it, like there's a problem, and it's kind of the same with golf. I am awful. Or, Everything slices to the right, right off the tee. It's going to the right. Or like a running back trying to pick a hole, picks the absolute wrong one, gets sworn. Then it's like that's my decision making. Like yeah, right, what, exactly, what are we doing? Like, exactly. You're supposed to, you're supposed to be able to process it, like, or a quarterback who cannot process a defense to save your life. Like mm-hmm. it's the only part of the job that matters. And <laughs> like you can't do it, and you still got here. What is your problem that's, uh, that's my thing yeah like i i need to feel like the pro <laughs> athletes are incredibly far away from me it's yes and watching it, it, typically the u.s opens are incredibly difficult especially at pebble beach like it's like right you're, you're winning with three under par and we're being generous there yes i i like and, and a lot of it too though is it's close we we have a three-way uh lead for first at five under DeShambo had like an up and down round yesterday after leading at four under he's at three under like it's it's such a close group and that to me that just makes it more exciting you're going to put a lot of these guys into situations where the the stress is going to be there a, a you know a bad run of of of, of shots here is going to put them out and i i'm a big victor hovland guy cuz i just i, I want to root for like the young golfers Absolutely who haven't won anything yet absolutely not true you've never heard of this guy before this week i put on way too much money on victor hovland pretty regularly <laughs> pretty regularly i will put on money on victor hovland so i'm like he's cuz i'm like he's going to win a major at some point like he is he is a a, a very good golfer young so we i'm live like in he's going to do it. perverts exactly and, like, he's there again, like he was for the Masters when I put money on him, and he just, it, through the first two days, was doing great. And I'm like, let's go, baby! Like, I'm terrified for today that it's going to be What's the cash out? Apart. What's the cash out on it right now? I, mm, that's the thing. Did not put money on him this week. Because <laughs> oh, cool, in cool. my head, after the Masters, I was like, I, d- I did that to him personally. I, <laughs> I can't do it now. I'll just, I'll root for him, and then, like, you know, I'll have somebody else that I'm rooting for, like, to hopefully get money. I put money on Rory for the heart thing, because I'm like, you know, him and Josh are buddies. This is usually where it goes this sideways for McElroy, by the way. It's Absolutely. like, hey, he's pretty close. He can make something happen. He'll pull up a plus eight. Yeah, that's my that's my thing. I, and I'm I'm glad even Brian talked about it too. Like the thing that he's been doing well up to this point, his driver has actually been the thing that's not been going well oh, yeah. so far. And for him to still be at, at at even, you know, through two rounds, 
if he can fix that iron game or just or just get it consistent, he's got some here. He might have something here. Yeah, the course is designed to like murder you if you put it out of the fairway. That's the whole point of this. Is yeah. Like, oh, whoops! Didn't put it in the fairway. I guess I'm gonna get a double bogey here. That's yeah, just yeah. Guess guess we're just hoping that on a par four, I only have six shots here. Right. So McElroy did not be annihilated after basically not hitting the fairway is pretty impressive. You are seeing though, even guys like John Rahm, mm-hmm. who is just coming off a Masters win, is I think at plus six, plus five. Yep. I mean, he has not been competitive at all. Tiger Woods would have been like a plus fifty. Oh yeah. Yeah, like he like no. This is he, he was not nah, getting close to the cut. Man. I think Phil Mickelson is at plus eight now. I know I know he was having a tough day to start. Yeah. And I think he's at plus eight. I mean, like, if you're not on the money with your driver so far, it is crippling some of yeah, these guys out be there. Be good for four days. This is not good. This isn't a course that will reward miraculous shots. Which, like, thank goodness. Like it, it it's look, it's exciting that's local. But there's nothing worse to me than if, like, this was a super easy course, guys just running up and down, getting birdie, 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 a few eagles here and there, like, and just, like, running through it. Like, I like the fact that it is horribly cha- – and the golfers yeah. may hate it. Make them sweat. Yeah, make them sweat. That's I just, love that. That's a shame, that. pretty boy. Like, I love that, that they're struggling. I mean, even guys like Brooks Kepka, who I think he's actually at two under now, but he was having a rough go, and he was kind of, like, the live guy of the Masters of, oh, you remember this guy? I, and most of you haven't seen him in, you know, a year. He's back. DeShambo's that guy this week, and it's it's been a lot of fun. I'm kind. I am frustrated though. Like as we're on air, none of the top guys are going. Like, no, we're like, not gonna. See, you're not gonna see them until you get into the two o'clock hour. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. But also, it'll it'll be nice because then I won't have to actually be working while I'm watching. That'll be nice. That's right. But I'm like I'm like man. Like I woke up this morning, look at the tee times, and I'm like, all right. Well, that's kind of frustrating. Like at least at least Rom's going now. But that's the thing. Like we were just saying, like Rom is not playing very well. Like so, I'm like. Uh, what am I rooting for here? Like yeah, for him to get to and, you know two the, on or two over? The rain is supposed to continue there until pretty much the leaders tee off. Yeah. So the like, and that's the thing when the leaders tee off, even if the rain's not going, the course is wet. Oh yeah, it's like, disgusting. You're gonna have a lot of those, a lot of those shots. The ball's just gonna right into the right into the rough, and it's not moving. Soggy, humid. Ugh. Can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so mad at Inko. Even for even for one of the practice rounds. I think that was like I like I work at two during the week, so like I would have had time to like get out to Rochester just to see the course, the whole thing. I'm so mad at myself. So mad at myself. Going on that point though, because before Brian came out, we were talking like what you know, like what's like your favorite like sporting event you've oh, seen live? So um I was able to go um as a member of the press to one of baby Joe Macy's matches that he had at the arena uh, downtown. Ooh. And I'd never been to a live boxing match before. It's not my favorite sporting event, but I didn't realize what it was like to see heavyweights hit each other in person. Because yep. the sound their gloves made when they made contact with their heads shocked me. Like, it's not, you don't get the sense. Yeah, people say this about hockey, like, you just got to see it live. Mm-hmm. Boxing is a sport you need to see live. To understand how violent it is. The older I've gotten, the more I've heard people say that about both, uh, pretty much any it's, fighting sport. It was. Like, if you see it live, it is radically different yeah, it, from TV. It lasted 10 seconds, because that's the, it was a tomato can at this point. Yep. Um, but, like, in those, that brief moment of time where I saw the fight, I was, it was horrifying, but also captivating. 
like to see the literal violence being inflicted by two humans on each other and the the sensory experience of that the sound it made seeing the impact seeing all of it and being like oh i get it i get why people might be i get why people might be drawn to this tv does not do this justice this is terrifying (laughs) um when two large humans are doing that to each other right so that was that still sticks in my mind a lot for things i've seen um, all of the, the sabers are my, the most favorite that I have, like just of moments yeah. because there have been so few moments the bills have produced, um, in my, in most of my lifespan, my life has been bookended by the bills being good, but for most of my development, they were terrible all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my experience in sports of seeing, Hey, this is kind of cool. was the sabers. So I saw Stu Barnes's goal in overtime in person, uh, back in 2001 against the penguins. Uh, I saw uh, Maxima Fenneganoff in 2006, 2007 against the Rangers in overtime. I was working here, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the night of game one against the Senators uh, from the year prior to that. Um, I saw a 4 nothing loss to the Bruins in January that back in like 2009 maybe 2000 I don't know 2000 whatever it was like the end of the run for me oh, okay, for the yep, sabers yep. that was like oh the, oh they're real bad now <laughs> they're uh, real bad now so that that stuck with me because it was just it was the worst game i've ever seen in person from start to finish it was absolute it was an absolute disaster um let's see uh i saw a game in baltimore baltimore orioles that on the way home from that game, I was staying in on the way home. I was staying in Washington, the Washington D.C. area, so I was mm-hmm. driving back from Baltimore to Washington D.C. A derecho, a huge line of thunderstorms came through the DMV, and uh, I kind of drove into a tornado. Nice, nice. Um, I, that, like, I like that it's like I kind of drove into a tornado, kinda. like, but. It, it was so awesome because you could see the line of thunderstorms coming at you as I was driving down to Washington. So for like a half hour, I'm just seeing this line of thunderstorms on the horizon and it's constant lightning. And I'm like, this is cool to watch, but I'm, I think I'm driving to it. So mm-hmm. just go and just, yeah, whatever, get back to the hotel, get back to the hotel. <laughs> and I'm like a, a mile from the hotel and I just see a wall of wind and rain, a literal curtain. Like it is a solid stop. Oh yeah. There's no, there's no, a barrier to it. It's just that. And, and it's coming right at me at like 50 miles an hour. And I just look at that and I was like, that looks bad. And as it's coming at me, like a, like a movie, all the power's going out behind it. Like, lights off, lights off, lights that off, lights off. That is cool, though. And that I'm like, is really I'm like, cool. Okay, now, this is cool. We're up in the stakes a little bit, up in the stake. And the wind hit my, I would like to point out, Toyota Prius. And good, the good. Whole, just rocking like a starship back and forth when that wind hit it. Now, oh, we man. didn't, I didn't die, obviously, but driving through that, that was pretty cool. That, that was, that was, pretty I drove cool. through the October snowstorm because I was working here that night, drove yeah. home in it to Depew, which was the dead center epicenter of the thing, mm-hmm. drove through a tornado. Like I can drive through anything. Give me an asteroid field, baby. I can get my. I can get you a two thousand one Grand Marquis through an asteroid field. Absolutely guaranteed. Not a dent on the thing. I am your ace driver through natural catastrophes. A car chase with the cops, probably not. But like natural catastrophe. If I got a, if I got a leap over a huge you crevice opening in the dr- opening because of an earthquake, I'm your driver. Put the, on the, the movie twenty twelve. You're like you can do it. That, that no is not whatever. Let's go. No problem. Put it Absolutely on the shades, checking the problem. mirrors. There you go. Put I it, love it. And I'll, I'll use the blinkers too, baby. We're, we're keeping the hands at 10 and 2. Let's do this safely. <laughs> keeping the hands at 10 and 2. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
All right. We're going to take a quick timeout. We are taking your calls, though, at 803-0550. What is your favorite sporting event you've ever seen live? Corey gave a few of his. I'll give some of mine later on in the hour. Coming up next, though, Travis Yost. A lot of stuff is going on in the hockey world. I booked Travis initially just because Toronto was out of the playoffs, and Kyle Dubas kind of gave a pretty interesting conversation. Now, formally, the Toronto Maple Leafs GM, and of course we had playoff hockey, but now yesterday, with everything going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs, had to talk to Travis. Absolutely, we'll be doing that when we come back. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday, and this is WGR. Don't forget to check out the WGR Apparel at WGR550Shop.com. Shop for t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more. Get your hands on a We Still Believe t-shirt at WGR550Shop.com. Did you know that you can now listen to all your favorite teams? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Station shows and even podcasts, all on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Sports Talk Saturday rolls along here. Weather's still eh, not great, but you know what? It means I get to save $20 on a car wash, and I see that as a massive win for my day. Welcome back. Zach Jones, Corey Griswold hanging out with you. And on the West Her Hotline, Travis Yost of TSN. Travis, my friend, how are we doing today? Travis, we got you. Hey, yeah, sorry. You just cut back in. There you go. Oh, no worries. Travis, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing very well. And I will tell you, when I booked you earlier this week, I was talking with my co-host, Josh. It was like, you know, we'll probably jump around the league. We got we got some playoff hockey. You know, Kyle Dubas spoke earlier this week. And then yesterday happened, and I'm like, who cares about playoff hockey? I just want to talk about the potential downfall of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, what was that yesterday? I It was chaotic. And I got to be honest, I, I have... Tremendous respect for both Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas, kind of independent of one another. And, you know, I would be the first and last person to point out, like, Toronto was both really, really, really good under Kyle Dubas. Didn't get over the hump. Um, you could you could debate, I think, the merit of relieving Dubas of duties or not. 
What I don't think you can really debate is the process in terms of um, I got like Toronto comes off pretty poorly here. I got to be honest. And mm-hmm. if it seems, it, it seems to me, in large part, Kyle Dubas's press conference on Monday reversed a reversed decision um, where the team didn't commit the year prior. Then we're getting committing. Then we're firm about committing to Kyle Dubas. Uh, you know, a, a week before this, and then, you know, four days later, he has a press conference where he's like, hey, the job's really tough. It's been tough on my family, right, wrong, or otherwise. That reversed their position again. And to me, it comes off like, forget hockey, it comes off like an organization that really either the wrong people have, you know, let's say, uh, overpowered say in the decision-making process, or that there isn't a lot of process underpinning this. So I... For an organization that's been really impressive for a number of years, um, even even without the titles, um, I, I think you could say, hey, look, the, the report card's pretty good. I thought this past week was ugly. Going back to Kyle Dubas when he spoke on Monday, he, he obviously, he kind of outright said it. He was very noncommittal to Toronto. Why do you think that was in, in, I mean, as you put it, and really as Brandon Shanahan kind of put it yesterday, do you think that was ultimately the, really the downfall of this whole thing was how Dubas very publicly was, was noncommittal to returning to Toronto as their GM? There, there's two things I think about this. Oh, I think we lost Travis there. Yeah, we lost Travis there. We'll hopefully get him back soon or on the Western Hotline. But yeah, just if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, Brendan Shanahan, the president of hockey operations over for the Maple Leafs, he spoke yesterday following the the firing of GM Kyle Dubas, which was interesting. Dubas did not have a contract. They were looking potentially for a contract extension. And before that, on Monday, during locker cleanout for the Maple Leafs, there was kind of an issue there where Dubas was very upfront. I think it was like a six and a half hour locker cleanout. Dubas spoke last, and it just it was a, it was very open, which I I really appreciated. But I, I do think it did cause some issues. We do have Travis back though over on the Western Hotline. Travis, do we got you back? Yeah, my apologies for that. I, oh, all I was saying, all I was mentioning, I, I have two opinions on this on what kind of unfolded here. Um, they aren't confirmed. They haven't been reported, but it, they the, the arrows certainly point that way. One of the two is that. I think Kyle Dubas, um, right, wrong, or otherwise, love being strung out in the final year of his deal with no deal and felt that the team was very noncommittal to him. And I think that's why I saw, oh, Kyle Dubas put this counter offer on the table. Um, I think it was Kyle's way of saying, hey, this, you, you know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't good enough. I hadn't cleared the bar for all these years despite all these wins. I win one playoff series. You guys want to reverse your position. Um, and by the way, like side note, we do know that Kyle Dubas was coveted and is coveted around the league. Um, so I do think he was playing hardball with Toronto at the very tail end of this. Um, and the other thing that I think is I don't think Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas's relationship is very good. Um, one of the things that I went back to when Brendan Shanahan spoke was that he didn't. Re- I thought he. I thought Brendan Shanahan did a phenomenal job laying out the timeline and how we got to this messy. Um, but the one thing he did emphasize, right, was, hey, the next GM, we really want someone who's experienced. 
And everyone, including myself, when I heard it the first time, took that as, look, they've got a veteran team. They've got a lot of potentially major marquee grade A-level trades to make in the next 12 months, and you don't experience doing that. And that's a logical conclusion. But I think there's a second piece to this, which is Brendan Shanahan was pretty clear that he went to bat on Kyle Dubas's behalf in, from March until basically the past week. Um, and I wonder if one of the concerns from the ownership contingency in Toronto was that Kyle Dubas didn't handle pressure well. Brendan Shanahan argued, no, he's the right guy for the job. He has this press conference where he's like, hey, look, me and my family aren't handling this pressure all that well. Um, again, you want to be empathetic. Like, everyone understands he's the pressure cooker of a job. But I think that may have made Brendan Shanahan, if, if you connect the dots, I think maybe he didn't love how, what position that put him in. Um, maybe put him in the middle of trying to both convince an ownership group that this guy's committed all in and the right man for the job, while at the same time the guy he's recommending is saying the opposite. So I do think Brendan Shanahan, I don't want to say took it personally, but I certainly think he took umbrage to it. And if I were betting, I bet in the next couple of weeks we hear that Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas' relationship really, really, really soured. Um, and this wasn't professional, hey, look, you're not the right guy for the job anymore. I think this was a nastier breakup than what's being let on. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to listen to the entire press conference, but like the little bits I did, I, I think you're absolutely right, too. The way Shanahan laid out the timeline was spectacular. It was easy to follow, and, and, it, and it really set up everything. It just... It felt so weird, though, how it was like you brought up even earlier too. How it was, it was like, you know, they were non-committal to Dubis, and then Dubis was non-committal to them after they kind of changed course. And it's just it, it like it, like you brought up really to start the segment too. It's just it's just been a bad week for Toronto. Another name that I think is is potentially maybe on the move now, and I, I want to know how your feelings on this. But Sheldon Keith, does I mean, do you think he stays the head coach of the Maple Leafs? What's going on there? Is this is this kind of the start of a a, a total teardown for the Maple Leafs here? Yeah, I, I don't see Sheldon Keefe. I mean, that, that's now, now – I don't see Sheldon Keefe coaching this team um, past, let's say, December of, ne- of, the, uh, mm-hmm. of the upcoming season. And like, there's, I, I guess there's a small odds chance he's a lame duck coach until they get their ducks in a row, pardon the pun. Um, but, I, like, I, realistically, I think that is the first bullet that they will fire. Um, and quite frankly, I think there's much more merit to moving on from Sheldon Keefe than there ever was Kyle Dubas. Um, but like the other thing that I come back to, too, in this is like, all right, so what's, what's the path forward for all the parties involved? I, I gotta be honest, like I say what you will and about Kyle Dubas and his inability to build a team to get over the hump. And by the way, I think there's a genuine criticism, um, that lays at his feet there. I do. I think he has to own a piece of that. Um, I think he's also exemplified himself as one of the better GMs in the league for, and and I would say by a fairly considerable margin, he's been in the top five, top six, really since he's taken over the role, he's going to have his pick of the next job that he wants when he's ready to get back into it. I, and, and I look at that from his perspective and then I look at it from Toronto's perspective and there are a couple of directions they can go where you can replace him with another very good option around the league. Um, 
But there are a lot more landmine-type options, probably on a six-to-one ratio. Um, And some of the early names that have been floated out because of that experience note that Brendan Shanahan mentioned, um, unfortunately, are a lot of the retreads that you shudder at and have a track record that really terrifies you. So it's, it's so bizarre to me that the Maple Leafs, in one breath, if they had handled this the right way, could have put together a game plan to move on from Kyle Dubas and bring in someone um, maybe to get them over the hump. And now it feels like they are in complete chase mode, staring down the barrel of a lot of bad options with a pressure cooker of roster changes to make a coach about to be termed. And the GM who just said, uh, who you just said, get out um, is probably going to have his pick of his next job in the next 12 months. I mean, that that's just kind of where the cards are on the table right now. And I think if you're a Maple Leafs fan, this I, you know, barring them making a, a slam dunk hire, and I can think of two of them, what those look like, I think Toronto is taking a real step backwards from this, at least for next year, I do. What did you make of uh, Jason Spezza? I, I don't know if it was confirmed that he had resigned, but what did you make of, of that happening following Shanahan's press conference? It, like, as, as, as you're really pointing out here, it, 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 that yesterday really felt like a dark day and, and really the end of a, what could have turned into a positive era for Toronto. I, I know it's definitely an era of missed opportunities, but just it, if you're a Maple Leafs fan, it, it really does just feel like such a dark day yesterday. It's hard, it's hard to pin down the specificities because just as much as the relationship he has with Kyle Dubas, he has, I think, an organic-ish relationship with the Maple Leafs as well. He's got roots in Toronto, so that, I mean that could have easily cut one way or the other. Um, and the other thing is, like in every industry, it's not just hockey. There's an element of loyalty. Um, you go to bat for your guy, and vice versa. And if Spezza felt like, hey, look, this guy's went to bat for me, like he's put me under his wing, and there's a relationship there. Again, again, look at it from Jason Spezza's perspective. He's doing exactly what we're doing right now, which is thinking hey, look, Kyle Dubas is going to have his pick of his next job in the next 12 months. And if I'm interested in growing with this guy and I've got at least some sort of like informal, like Kyle, trust me, I trust him. We work well together. We're going to, we're a tandem, we're a unit. Um, then his resignation is almost predictable. I, I do, I do. And I said this yesterday, I, I really do have to wonder about Ottawa. Um, like, first off, Kyle Dubas um, has links to the Ottawa market. So does Jason Spezza, obviously. They are in year seven of a GM who um, every year uh, has promised it's going to get better. And in one breath, it has marginally so. In another breath, they are still over six and potentially going on over seven but with with playoff appearances um, in his in in his tenure, uh, sorry, one of they 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 did qualify. He made the famous Alex Burrow trade. Then he had to blow up the entire team. But the point here is, even in markets where you've got a GM um, actively filling a position, you can easily say, well, if I'm a new ownership group in Ottawa and I have my choice of this guy who's been running this team for seven years, or this you know, younger GM who's had a lot of success over in a major market and has shown he can build a repetitive contender. Uh, like you can just see how these, how the attraction of these markets are going to spring up for, for Dubas and 
in likelihood to your to your question, uh, uh, someone like Jason Spezza as well. As a Sabres fan, I'm really hoping not Ottawa because they consistently are a team I both fear and don't, mainly because of the GM position. But Dubas would be one of those guys where it's like, oh no, man, they've now they've become a contender or at least definitely taken more seriously. But but I think that's I think that's a really really good point there. And to me, what you just said is kind of my litmus test for like, is every sports fan's biased? Every sports journal's biased? They're all liars. And they say they're not. <laughs> like everyone just sees sports a little bit differently, and like it shapes your worldview. Blah blah blah. But my litmus test for like, hey, how good is a GM or how good of a co- is a coach? Like, exactly what you just said. Man, I don't want that guy in my division. Well, it's like, yeah, that's exactly the point. That's exactly why Kyle Dubas made a counteroffer to Toronto. That's exactly why. And again, maybe it's not the totality, but it's certainly part of the part of the uh, algorithm, right? Like Jason Spets is sitting here, like, I'm not walking out the door with a GM who's never going to get a job because we won 32% of the games. I know he's going to get his pick of a job in the next 12 months. And it, to me, that's, that's the, one of the very interesting things about these sports leagues is there is a lot of interpersonal calculus that goes on with the decision-making that, that a lot of us never even see. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, and this is as an outsider's perspective. I obviously I, I follow the Maple Leafs only as much as I can as you know a Sabres fan, but just – the Dubas situation never made sense to me with Toronto. It's like you clearly keep him. He's a top ten GM in the league. He's young, very forward thinking. It just it, it always kind of blew my mind that that was a situation going on there. And of course, yesterday really it blew up and and really came to the forefront. But Travis, before we let you go, I do want to obviously ask you on the two games we've had so far in the in the conference finals. Of course, the four overtime game with Florida and Carolina, and then last night's Vegas Dallas game. What have you made so far of of the first two games of the conference finals? Well, Carolina, Florida, it's hard to take away a lot from <laughs> overtime. It was, like a, it was like watching an ultra marathon at the end of that game. It got really sloppy at the tail end. I'm really actually eager to see tonight's game. Um, I thought both games were much more of the type games that we were accustomed to maybe seven, eight years ago. I mean, let's just, like last night it was obvious watching Dallas. The pace, and it doesn't mean like a skater's speed individually or the Christmas of passes, but the totality of the pace of the game in Dallas and Vegas was just material than it was in either of the Dallas or the Edmonton Vegas series. Um, there was a lot more, let's say, defensive structure, but also a lot more risk aversion. Um, teams playing a lot more conservatively. You never know if that's just a game one. Um, hey, we're in the conference finals. And by the way, the pressure is super real right now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the next few games play out. Um, I, I, do, I do think that at the end of the day, I think if, if the NHL does get Carolina Vegas, um, I think you've got a pretty damn good representation of two of the best teams in the NHL this year, um, start to finish. And I, you know, as much as we hang on the NHL, uh, not, and by the way, not to Mark, Dallas has been great the entirety of the year. Florida's obviously come out of late. These are four very good teams. But, um, you know, we always talk about the randomness of the NHL and how, how much parity there is. And it's, it's true to a very – but there is there's certainly a, a, a good chance that it is going to be Carolina and Vegas. And I think Carolina was the consensus second-best team in the East and Vegas debatably second-best team in the West. So always interesting to see how it plays out because for a sport that we talk about upsets quite a bit. Um, yeah, Florida's up a game, uh, but Carolina, that, that, that series is still about even money priced. Vegas is up a game and in the driver's seat. 
So I, I, I always find that interesting when in a sport r- rabid with, uh, with upsets and, uh, and randomness. Sometimes you can get a series like that. So we'll see. Absolutely. Travis, I've already kept you long today. Thank you so much. And hope again we get to talk soon. I think we lost him there right at the end. That's all good. On the Western Hotline, that was Travis Yost of TSN. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs, that whole situation is just is spectacular. I love watching it as a Sabres fan, but also just in the human element of it. I'm just I'm fascinated by how all of that broke down. It used to be us. It, it did. It used it, to be it, the Bills it, all the time. Yep, all the time where it's just, it, you know, as Travis mentioned there too, you know, it seems like the Brendan Shanahan-Kyle Dubas relationship was not very good. He expects probably the next few weeks we find out just how bad it maybe was. And it, Should know, the Leafs hire Russ Brandon? Oh boy! I mean, if they want to make money, I guess. I mean, yeah, and if they like, if the press likes leaks, that's true. Well, that's in the Toronto market, allegedly. Beautiful, um, love it. I I don't hold as much personal animus towards the Leafs as I used to. I don't hold a lot of personal animus against a lot of teams anymore. Um, probably because I don't watch a lot of sports anymore. Anyway, that's okay. That's all right. Um, but like, I, like who deserves? What franchise deserves it? I, fi- I feel more like I don't think about the fans so mm. much in circumstances like that as I think about specifically the people who own the team yeah, or the people uh, yeah. who operate the team. Like, the Blackhawks deserve bad things. And it's because I want the, I want the people who are in charge of that team mm-hmm. to suffer bad things, not because of the fans deserve bad things. So yeah, the, the only fans I think about where I'm like, ooh, I don't want you specifically to win is Boston fans. <laughs> and, and, I mean, and I mean that seriously. Outside of that, I am with you where it's, I think, more of, Who's their head coach? Who's their owner? Who's their general manager? Who are their players? Right. Like, that's where more I'm who's, at. Who is most recently committed crimes against humanity? Exactly. Like, it's, it starts who has broken my heart more? Down, right? And like, I mean, the Maple Leafs have, are harmless. The Maple Leafs haven't won a cup since, what, the 50s? Uh, yeah, they're literally harmless. Like, come on, yeah. Like, they can't, they can't win here. They're a joke than most. Yeah. They cannot win here. I'm not like why the like it's it's background entertainment. It's reality TV. Fine, give me the Bravo a little bit. I'll watch what's going on with the give Leafs. Give me the Bravo a little bit. Right, Real Housewives of I don't know whatever. What's the street down Queen Street? What's the street in Toronto? Oh, I don't know. This is a, this is a guy, I, they probably have more than once a big city. I don't know. What's it, uh, it's true. It House, is the New York City of Housewives of the QEW. Right, because all the mansions are right on the QEW, right <laughs> with driveways that go right onto a major expressway. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but no, yeah, whatever. It's it's this is pure entertainment. It's not about hatred. It's not about like, oh, I'm so glad this is happening to the Leafs. They deserve it. It's more about like, ooh, look at that little drama. Give me some drama on the TV. Let's see what's up. You gotta love it. We're gonna take a quick time out. We're taking your calls at 803-0550. I posted this question to Twitter. I'm also posting it to our callers. What is your favorite sporting event you've seen live? I am somebody that wants to go to more live sporting events. I want to go to more major ones. I want to hear from you. We got some tweets. We'll read those when we come back. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. This is WGR. Load up on some great WGR apparel at WGR550shop.com. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more, including a new We Still Believe sweatshirt. Get yours now before they're gone at WGR550shop.com. Listen to WG. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our sports radio 550 and thousands more, plus millions of podcasts, all on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
Sports Talk Saturday rolls along here on, of course, a Saturday. Hour number one. Quick final segment here as we are super late to the break. Love that. I'm really I'm developing my Nate Gary jeans as I go on, where it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to make sure I hit all the breaks like on time. Like, that classic like, feel. Like by like the third or fourth fourth show, it's like breaks are a, a fallacy that we've created in our mind. It's like money. It's not real. It's completely given a value based on who you are. Real quick though, I've been posting the question to Twitter and also to the phone lines eight zero three zero five fifty. Favorite sporting event you've ever gone to live. If we had more time, I'd retweets. We'll, we'll do that on the back end. But just for me, real quick, I, I do want to give my my thought on this. For me, it I. It's, I'm with Corey. Most of my Bills life has been disappointment. And even then, when the Bills got good, it was 2020, couldn't go to games. And I've, I've only been to one Bills game since 2020, or no, two, two. And they were, you know, regular season games, rainouts. They were fun, but I wouldn't say like they were like this huge, memorable game. For me, it was when March Madness was here in 2016 17. Uh, I got to see the Villanova Wildcats uh, versus Wisconsin in the second round here in Buffalo. And I got to see the one seed in Villanova lose. And in between those years of them losing in the second round, they won the national championships. And that was one of the coolest moments of my life. I now, whenever March Madness is here in Buffalo, I have to go. As long as I'm living here, I'm going to be going to that. It's just such a cool experience. And to see you know, the best team in the country get knocked off, one of the bigger upsets of the tournament, was an absolute blast. Just Especially just to see the crowd. You know, Villanova's not a local school. Wisconsin was not a local school. To see everyone with like five minutes left in, in the second half just really become Wisconsin fans was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Absolutely loved it. And it, it, it really will be one of those things I will never forget. I always have to remember the year because I'm like, was it 2018 or 2017? But it was it was just it was so so cool. Uh it's absolutely now the reason I go to March Madness anytime it's in Buffalo. Doesn't matter if it's round one, two or whatever, I've got to go at least once to catch a uh, to catch two games because it's it is absolutely a blast. Gonna take another quick time out here when we come back we're going to keep rolling along. Hour number two, Sports Talk Saturday. Coming up, you're listening to WGR. Sports Radio 550 WGR Buffalo and WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 